Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today in the digital age, huge events generate huge amounts of data. The trends experts at Google break down the moments that captured the world's attention at Super Bowl 57. Also this morning, the biggest television event of the year has long been considered the Super Bowl of advertising. So who were the winners and losers of the high-stakes game within the game? We'll take a closer look. And to your health this morning, Valentine's Day is supposed to be the most romantic day of the year, but that can be a challenge in menopause. Yet this remains a topic that often isn't discussed openly, even among the women affected by it. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, February 13th, 2023. I am really, really happy for, you know, the Kansas City fans and really happy for Andy Reid, uh, super happy for uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, the uh, former Bengal. Of course, I'm a Bengals fan, and I've uh, you know said this uh, before. It was really heartbreaking uh, to lose to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game and not make it back to the Super Bowl. So that was that was really tough. Uh, watching the game last night, but I'm really happy for Eric Bieniemy, who was a longtime uh, Cincinnati Bengal on some very bad teams. Uh, so really great to to see him have success with uh, Kansas City and and all of that. And I'm I'm really happy for everyone, uh, all of the Chiefs fans, my wife included, because she's a Chiefs fan. Um, but but what planet is Travis Kelsey uh, living on? <laughs> I, it was it was really funny in the uh, post game interviews. Twice in the post game interviews, he talked about how uh, nobody gave them a chance and, uh, and 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 everybody disrespected uh, Kansas City. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> Where is that coming from? I mean, from the very beginning, from training camp, uh, people were talking about the uh, Chiefs being the team to beat in the AFC, along with a couple of other teams. They were talking about the Bills and. Uh, there were high hopes for uh, some other teams. Uh, some panned out, some didn't. But the Chiefs were always in the conversation. I mean, nobody, if anything, nobody gave the Eagles uh, a chance at the beginning of the year. I don't think anybody expected them to be, uh, you know, one of the best teams in uh, in football, and certainly not the AFC or the uh, NFC representative in the uh, Super Bowl. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where that came from, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that was uh, Andy Reid kind of planting that seed. He apparently did a masterful job of planting that seed in their minds that, hey, nobody gives you a chance and you know everybody is uh, against you, and especially at halftime uh, after the uh, first half of the, uh, the game uh, because they were struggling for a little while, but they came out with a vengeance in uh, the third and fourth quarters, especially the fourth quarter, and, and uh, pulled away, uh, won the game. Just a, a tremendous uh, Super Bowl. But uh, I know coaches will do that a lot of times. They'll try and leverage that underdog chip on the shoulder, world is against you sort of uh, sort of thing. And kudos to Andy Reid for doing a masterful job of that. And the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, once again, are Super Bowl champions. So, um, so some of the other things uh, that uh, you might have you might have missed or might not. What in the world is going on with all of these strange things? in the skies above the U.S. After the Chinese balloon last week made all of those headlines, no fewer than three more uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon 
They don't call them UFOs. They're unidentified aerial phenomenon. Um, it's what three more. There was the Chinese balloon and then three more that the U.S. military has brought down uh, since last week. Uh, the uh, Chinese spy balloon has been identified. The others uh, are still waiting identification as military person personnel uh, salvage the pieces that were left after the objects, whatever they were, were blown out of the skies. The latest one was yesterday uh, above Lake Huron. Uh, I got the uh, I saw the uh, news alert the middle of the day yesterday that they they had closed airspace over Michigan for a while uh, while they worked to and they scrambled fighter jets to take this down. I was like, what in the world is going on? Um, I thought it was uh, really interesting in reading some of the reports over the weekend. The uh, authorities have gone out of their way to say they say they don't know exactly what they are yet. They won't comment on that, but they have gone out of their way to say that there is no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. <laughs> I thought, what? why do you even bring that up? What is... Is there something that we should be worried about? It seems like if they are saying, we don't know what they are, but they're not aliens, it kind of makes you wonder if maybe they're aliens. You know what I mean? <laughs> Methinks thou doth protest too much. Isn't that the Shakespeare quote? Something like that. <laughs> Just kind of makes you wonder. I don't know. Uh, Valentine's Day coming up. The uh, big day is tomorrow. And keep your guard up if you are swiping right on Valentine's Day. Research out of Georgia State University reveals just how deceptive scammers can be on those dating apps that seem to be everywhere. They reviewed 10,000 reports of scamming victims who were contacted from a number of sites, including Twitter, Facebook, Tinder, Ashley Madison. Although if you're on Ashley Madison and get scammed, I don't feel too bad for you. I mean, if you know what Ashley Madison is. Um, and OkCupid, that was the other uh, dating site. Red flags to look out for include being asked to move to a private messaging platform, pressure to make quick decisions, a refusal to talk on the phone, and failure to send recent photographs. Uh, researchers success, uh, suggest, I mean, those are the warning signs. So if you uh, encounter any of those, run as fast as you can. It is likely a scam. Researchers do point out that uh, apps could do a better job with their algorithms to prevent romance fraud before it begins by identifying potential victims or bad actors in advance. And I'm thinking, you know, that's a good point. If they've got algorithms that can do everything else, control what we see and what we don't see, here would be a good use of putting that technology to use. We often talk about the negative ways in which algorithms are used to control what we see and what we are influenced by. Maybe you can use that technology for good. So just something to keep in mind, Valentine's Day being tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, some of the other, uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories, uh, of the day. I thought this was interesting. My wife got a new phone, uh, over the weekend and, uh, it, uh, this happened to pop up on my newsfeed. I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Probably some algorithm popped this up on my newsfeed. 
uh, since we bought my wife a new phone. Uh, remember when people used to wait in line when the newest phones would come out and there would this would be a big, big deal and there would be uh, all kinds of, uh, of lines, people scrambling to get the latest and greatest phone? Well, apparently those days are no more. Demand for used smartphones has surged 11.5%. Uh, used smartphone demand was up last year 11.5%. New phone purchases slumped in 2020 amid the onset of the pandemic. Uh, lockdown slowed production of new phones, and more consumers are sticking with their current phones or buying used uh, they say trade-in programs offered by Apple and other companies may be contributing to this boom in demand for used phones, but also uh, a lack of new features in the latest, the last few releases uh, could be contributing to the secondhand phone demand. Why go out and spend $1,000 or more for a brand new phone when a slightly used phone is almost as good? There aren't any super cool features that you're going to be missing out on. So kind of interesting there. Uh, did you hear about this? Chick-fil-A is the latest to test a new sandwich that could uh, make vegetarians very happy and vegetarians and vegans. The uh, Atlanta-based fast food chain, famously known for its chickens, uh, chicken sandwiches and, and uh, chicken nuggets and so on. They have announced a new stunt double for their famous sandwich made of cauliflower. The Chick-fil-A cauliflower sandwich marks the brand's first plant-based entree that will be tested in Denver, Colorado, Charleston, South Carolina, and the Greensboro Triad region of North Carolina. Those will be the test markets. If it goes well, then they'll roll it out nationwide. The cauliflower filet cut will be similarly prepared to the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, marinated and breaded with its signature seasoning, pressure cooked and served on a toasted buttery bun with dill pickle chips. Uh, customers can check the app or contact their local franchise to get a taste of the cauliflower sandwich. So not everywhere, not yet, but man. Chick-fil-A jumping on the uh, plant-based bandwagon. Did you ever think you'd see the day? And by the way, speaking of chickens, how about this? Could vaccine mandates for chickens be in our future? The Department of Agriculture will soon begin trials on an updated vaccine for poultry against the bird flu. Now, over 58 million birds have died of bird flu since January of last year. The World Health Organization expressed concern that the disease could jump to other mammals, even perhaps humans. So far, that's not happened. Uh, the uh, Perbright Institute and the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine are working on versions of an up updated bird flu vaccine for chickens. But the uh, USDA has not announced... Uh, testing or mandates or anything like that. A lot of things have to happen first. If the trials prove effective, though, the vaccine would be considered for FDA approval and you could see a vaccine mandate for chickens. Are we okay with that? Are we okay with a chicken vaccine mandate? 
<laughs> or should we be worried about that? I joke, but there's, I guess there would be reason to wonder about that because some people uh, probably would be worried about the uh, lingering chemicals or whatever uh, making its way into the food supply if uh, chickens are, are vaccinated. So I'm, I'm sure that there will be some people who will be worried about a possible vaccine mandate for poultry. But hey, if it brings egg prices back down, that's... Uh, that would be a good thing. So there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather becoming mostly sunny today with a high of 50 clear skies tonight, low of 30. The Finley Police Department says a driver was arrested after leading an officer on a pursuit down streets and alleys. The police department says an officer tried to pull over a pickup truck for a stop sign violation at the intersection of North Quarry Street and West Trenton Avenue. But they say that truck fled the officer northbound through a residential area, running multiple stop signs. The truck eventually pulled into a driveway on Edith Avenue, and that's where the driver, a 30-year-old from Finley, was taken into custody. The man was booked to the Hancock County Jail on charges of OVI, felony, fleeing, and eluding, and bench warrants through municipal court and the sheriff's office. Get more on the website. Authorities in Putnam County are investigating a bank robbery. The Kaleida Police Department says a man robbed the Union Bank at 110 East North Street in Kaleida on Saturday morning. Investigators say the man approached the teller with a black handgun and made threatening demands for money. The teller complied and the suspect exited the bank walking west on East North Street. You can see surveillance pictures of the suspect on our website. Anybody with information is urged to contact the Putnam County Sheriff's Office, Kaleida Police, or the FBI tip line. The fiery train derailment and subsequent evacuation of thousands of people in eastern Ohio has put a new focus on train safety in the U.S. With trains traveling through nearly every city and town nationwide, even one chemical accident could be disastrous, especially in a populated area. Rail unions believe the industry has gotten riskier after widespread job cuts have left workers spread thin. Federal records show hazardous chemicals were released during 11 train accidents nationwide last year. I'm Clay Gordon. Flag City Honor Flight has a big 2023 flight season planned. For the first time, the organization will be holding four flights in one year in April, June, September, and November. New President and Flight Director Steve Schultz says he's thankful for the continued support for the organization. We had a lot of very nice and generous contributions from individuals and corporations last year. That's going to allow us to up our game a little bit this year and get veterans off to Washington, D.C. Get more of our conversation with Steve about Flag City Honor Flight's 2023 flight season on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So, of course, uh, any in the, in the digital age, any big event uh, generates huge amount of data. And since there is no bigger event... Then Super Bowl 57, we are joined by the director of U.S. Creative Works at Google, Abigail Posner, to break down the moments that most captured the world's attention at the big game over the weekend. And Abigail, um, I was looking at uh, some of the uh, data here and uh, some of the uh, highlights uh, that you have, and it was not a big surprise to me what the number one... uh, search item or search trend was during the big game, but I'll let you do the honors. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Chris, because I had the opposite reaction to you. Really? First of all, what what a game. 
I mean, what that, that there was so much drama, so much spectacle last oh, sure. night. It was awesome. I mean, every, every Super Bowl is awesome, right? Between the halftime show and the ads and the, the actually game, the game itself, the food, mm-hmm. right? all of it's awesome. But last night, last night really just nailed it. And so I thought because of all the drama of the game itself, I assumed that the top trending question was going to be all about the game mm-hmm. or all about the players. Right? Yeah. But actually the top trending question was around Rihanna, but not just like her performance, which was killer, right? It was about whether she was pregnant. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? I, you know, that was, the, I mean, that was the thing that my wife and I were talking about uh, from the, uh, from the halftime show on is she, or isn't she? I thought that she was just wearing a safety harness, you know, uh, that, she, that she was strapped. I thought that's what it was. Uh, but, uh, but my wife was like, no, I think, she's, I think she's pregnant again. I think she's expecting. And sure enough, uh, it turns out her rep confirmed yeah. it. But that was, uh, that was the question that everybody was wanting to know. I know. And I, she had teased us, I think, in prior interviews that she was going to bring a special guest. And how awesome is it <laughs> that not only was she pregnant, and she just had a baby, but she just managed that whole experience all by herself. Yeah. The only special guest was the little munchkin in her belly. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was definitely a surprising one. And that's what's so cool about this whole this whole uh, experience is that not only do we get to have the Super Bowl event in front of us, but then after that, I get to see what everybody else yeah. in the country finds what exciting are- and interesting. And you get surprising searches like Rihanna's pregnancy. Yeah. So uh, what were some of the other uh, big buzzworthy moments according to the trends data? Well, I mean, obviously the most uh, searched players are going to be the top the, the top ones, the ones who really stood out, like Patrick Mahomes, right. like Travis Kelsey, like Jalen Hurts. I mean, they all just, they, they stood out, uh, no surprise, because everybody put their all, all those players put the all in the game. What was also really fun to watch was um, the fact that a lot of the ads, which are always my favorite part, my favorite part of the ads, the ads really stood out. I think all the, the brands nailed it this year, especially with all of the, the leaning into nostalgia and humor and boy, do we really need humor right now? (laughs) And I wasn't the only one who saw this, right? So no surprise, the top searched ad was the booking.com with Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. She just, she is so funny and anything with her is just going to be great, but everybody thought so too. And then fast follow in terms of most search ads was the uh, T-Mobile spot with, um, you know, uh, John Travolta doing the grease, uh, you know, going back to nostalgia again. And then the Skechers was the third most, um, with Snoop, with Snoop Dogg was the third most search. And of course, like, you got to love his relationship with Martha. It's just so funny. Yeah. Uh, As far as the game itself, um, I was... A bit surprised uh, by this, as far as the game moments that uh, were trending the most, uh, the uh, big punt return that uh, helped set up the uh, Chiefs' win uh, last night, that was like the biggest game moment in in terms of trending data, right? Well, what what was interesting is in terms of game trends, in-game trends, the most searched 
question or the most asked questions were who are the brothers playing the Super Bowl? That was definitely number one. And I think because there was so much hype. Right. And who doesn't love a sibling rivalry, right? <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then um, the A.J. Brown Batman uh, search really kind of rose to the top as number two in terms of in-game trends. The Eagles chant lyrics also oh, okay. people were super interested in. So, um, yeah, look, there were a lot of uh, also you know, searches around the actual game itself. The number one uh, question, what is X in football? The number one question was, what is octopus? in football. Okay. Um, then safety, then down, uh, then sack. So, you know, I think a lot of people were actually just trying to figure out the game as they were watching all the drama yeah. before they even got to some of those Especially, yeah, especially for those who maybe are not necessarily people. There are a lot of people who watch the game that are not necessarily hardcore football fans and maybe trying to figure all of this out. And I did think it was kind of interesting uh, in terms of the teams. Uh, you really saw uh, as the, the trends uh, over the course of the game change from Eagles trends to Chiefs trends kind of mirrored the way the game totally. itself went. Yeah, absolutely. It was so dynamic. And that's what's so cool about the search trends is you really see, you, you get a mirror into what's happening in real time. Yeah. And so you do see the shifting of the tides back and forth and back and forth. And, and so that, that was super fascinating. I, I got to say that game, just a nail biter until yeah. the end. And, and I really feel uh, really proud of the Chiefs for what they accomplished. Well, it was certainly a, uh, a trend-worthy game. In other words, there was a lot of stuff worth uh, going online, like we do with any event these days. We go online to uh, talk about what we uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. We research what we see and, and all of that. And this was chock full of uh, all of those moments. Now, you have uh, all of these trends on uh, the most searched uh, items, the uh, the top ads, uh, according to uh, your data, the uh, players, what teams were trending and when. You've got all of that online uh, for folks to dive into, right? Yes, we do. Please check out youtube.com slash aglets, and you'll get all of that information and more. And you have it for a few weeks, so you can really dive in and, and even learn about food trends. <laughs> Which is super interesting, too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Again, Abigail Posner is Google's director of U.S. Creative Works, talking about the uh, trends at Google, breaking down the moments that most captured our attention from last night's Super Bowl. Abigail, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. So we already know who won and who lost on the scoreboard last night. But we also know that the biggest television event of the year has long been considered the Super Bowl of advertising. So who were the winners and losers, winners and losers of the high-stakes game within the game? Always interesting to find out. Joining us is David Schaffner. He is the communications manager for the Spot Bowl, which for many years has tracked uh, such things. And David, first of all, thanks very much for taking the time. We certainly appreciate it. So, um, which... So which were the biggest 
advertisements according to your measurements? Which were the ones that got the strongest positive reaction, first of all? Well, you know, right now we're seeing uh, a couple of a couple of dog spots in the top in the top two spots in our poll. Uh, Interesting, farmer's dog. That's the dog food commercial with the with the dog that remembers its 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 life with its owner is number one, and then the number two spot is the uh, the Amazon spot uh, with the dog that. Uh, it gets a it gets a little brother. Yeah, they they both kind of tugged at the heartstrings a little bit, and that's always been one surefire way of of getting good response from people is if you can tug at their heartstrings a little bit. I, I think so. You know, we see humor a lot in the Super Bowl, and we did see a lot of humor or attempts at humor last night. Uh, but yeah, I think I think when you can tug at the heartstrings and get people to choke up a little bit, uh, and we've seen the you know Budweiser do that with the Clydesdales in the past, right? Um, I think that's always and 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 maybe it's a dog thing. Any any spot with a dog in it seems to do pretty well in our poll, <laughs> that, uh, as you can see from this year. Yeah, that uh, general that doesn't help uh, doesn't hurt either. Um, nostalgia was big at the Super Bowl uh, this year, the uh, Super Bowl advertising game this year. A lot of uh, commercials tried to cash in on nostalgia. Maybe the the biggest one was the uh, John Travolta uh, Greece uh, throwback. John Travolta and Greece, and you're right, nostalgia. We saw a lot of that Breaking Bad. I know that's not a really old show, but mm-hmm. that was, uh, we saw a Breaking Bad reference. We saw uh, a Clueless reference, right. Greece reference, uh, uh, the safety dance, Men in Hats, in that one. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was the E Trade. Yeah, the, the safety dance made it appears always always good to hear that song, right? Uh, so yeah, lots of nostalgia at play last night. Were did that work? I mean, did those uh, commercials resonate with with people? Did they were they memorable enough? You know, I think so. I think you know, anytime that you can make people, and and this kind of goes back to what we were seeing with the dog spots. Anytime you can you can get people to feel an emotion mm-hmm. or tug at the heartstrings, and for a lot of folks, nostalgia is heartstrings, right? Um, you know, I think you're going to, you think you're going to be successful. You know, the one that, uh, actually, uh, got the biggest reaction in our house between my wife and me, it was just my wife and me watching the, watching this. We didn't go to a big party or anything. So, uh, obviously a very small sample size, but between the two of us, the one that made us laugh out loud, and maybe it's because it's so relatable. It was, I believe it was Bud Light, uh, commercial with the, with a lady on hold. And then she and her boyfriend or husband are, are dancing around to the on hold music. Um, I didn't, didn't really have a, a whole lot of uh, star power or big special effects or uh, outrageous humor, but it was certainly very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that spot. So Anheuser-Busch this year, usually the Bud Light spot's the one that brings the laughs, right? The, yeah. the one that makes the joke, the slapstick humor. This year they, they intentionally went without that kind of formula. So it's the first time we've seen a Bud Light spot that didn't bring big laughs. I mm-hmm. liked it though. It made you smile. It was kind of sweet and and and, and, and it made you smile a little bit. So I think I think that one was uh, was really, really well done for them. And it's doing well in our poll. It's in the top ten. So uh, what were the ones that kind of fell flat? Every year there are certain commercials that just just miss the mark. Sure, sure. You know, and you're right. I think, uh, you know, what we saw last night was we saw a lot of celebrities. I'll tell you this. We saw 75% of the ads with celebrities. But I think what we saw last night was a little bit of celebrity fatigue. You know, a lot of the spots mm. that we see in our top 10 
uh, don't have celebrities. I mentioned the two dog spots, right. uh, no celebrities in those. Um, you know, so I think, I think a lot of celebrity fatigue last night. I think there's just too many familiar faces. Um, <clears throat> I will say one spot that did catch a lot of people's attention and is doing well in our poll, even if it wasn't well received in the game is the, uh, the two B spot that made it look like your TV was changing channels. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Yeah. Um, I, I got a little frantic at home too when I saw what, what was going on with my TV. Um, and, and good for Tubi. Everybody's talking about them. Um, going in, there was a lot of talk about the uh, Jesus ads, the faith based ads, the Jesus gets us ads. How well did those score? What was the reaction among people to the idea of uh, you know, faith, these uh, two faith based ads? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of uh, uh, questions going into the game about what the ads would be. Mm-hmm. They did not pre-release them, uh, uh, although 75% of our ad lineup was pre-released. Those were not. Um, I personally, I, I liked them. I thought they were really well done. Yes. I think they, they communicated their message without being preachy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's, the, that's the concern when you hear Jesus ad, is you think it's going to be preachy. Right. Uh, and it wasn't. They were really well executed. Um, again, going back to the tapping, pulling at the heartstrings, making people feel something, they did that. And they got their message across in a way that didn't feel forced. So, and they're doing well in our poll. I think uh, the the one uh, with the be childlike with the kids mm. is in our top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually leads to the eternal question. You know, we heard how much money these folks, all of these advertisers, spent uh, on their Super Bowl campaigns. Is it worth it? Was it worth it? You know, by and large, at Pavone Group and Spotball, our opinion is that it is worth it. You know, when you have so many people watching the game, around 100 million last night in America, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, but not just watching the game, they're watching the ads, and they're talking about the ads before the game, after the game. They're going online to watch the ads again and vote for them in polls like ours. Both of those factors combined make it a, a, a really good investment, if you can afford it. That's a big if, because they were very expensive. Yes, uh, absolutely. And... I, I thought I think that's interesting because you know certainly in this day and age uh, there are so many uh, advertising vehicles out there uh, that it's not just TV being the be all and end all of advertising uh, for you know these big companies uh, any number of ways to get your message out in front of people and yet. Partly because it's such a huge event, and so many eyeballs are watching. Uh, this is still uh, the holy grail of advertising, but I did think it was also kind of interesting how many commercials kind of reference like QR codes and getting people to go online to get more information and sort of pushing people to some of those other broader advertising platforms. Yeah, yeah, we did see that, and um, you know, I think. Uh that's just sort of that's just sort of the evolution of these Super Bowl spots, right? Yeah. It, you know, ten years ago it was driving people to uh, you know communicate with brands via their social media channels, and now uh, now it's QR codes on the screen, uh, encouraging people to interact with their cell phones, right? So so I think that's just the evolution of these commercials, and it'll be interesting to see you know where the spots go uh, uh, in the future. Yeah, David Schaffner again is communications manager for the uh, Spot Bowl, which tracks the uh, effectiveness uh, consumer response to all of these ads. And uh, you've got a website where folks can check them all out and see where they all uh, ranked and where folks can rank their own. Indeed, yeah, it's uh, spotbowl.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've got all the spots up there. 
Uh, so you can watch them again if you miss them, and you can vote, 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 vote. Uh, until noon Eastern today. The polls are still open. All right. We'll uh, get a link up on our webpage as well. Dave, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. You could call this the worst case scenario. Worst as in brought worst, as in liver worst, as in the famous Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Uh, was down for repairs on Friday after thieves stole its catalytic converter. <laughs> I mean, how low do you have to be to steal the catalytic converter from the Wienermobile? I mean, come on, people. I'll tell you what is, there is no honor among thieves. <laughs> the, uh, the big wiener apparently made a pit stop in Las Vegas at a Penske Trucks location where Joseph Rodriguez says his staff managed to seal up where the catalytic converter had been cut out and uh, created a temporary fix. And the 27-foot-long hot dog is back on the road, will continue its uh, trip as scheduled, uh, promotional appearances and so on. So far, no update on potential suspects. would steal the catalytic converter off of the Wienermobile. Well, that's low. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, odd and unusual side of the news, um, we mentioned earlier about how many people will take the day off today, will play hooky from work on the day after the uh, Super Bowl and have a little uh, big game hangover here. Um, I, that's not what was going on here. But in Michigan at, uh, let's see here, and I don't have the name of the, uh, of the school. I know it's a, uh, a junior high school, a middle school in Michigan. Um, Paul Jacobs is accused of planting a note uh, earlier this month saying that the school would be blown up the next day. Um, after a thorough search of the school, no explosives were found. Um, it is believed that Mr. Jacobs made up the bomb threat, uh, just so he could get a day off. Uh, what's interesting about this is, uh, Mr. Jacobs is a teacher at the school who apparently <laughs> wanted a day off. Uh, the, uh, educator, 40 years old, you would think he would know better, 40 year old educator, has been charged with making an intentional threat of an act of violence against the school and could face up to a year in jail. And I'm guessing, now the story doesn't say this, but I am guessing that he is no longer a teacher at said Michigan middle school. So. <laughs> teacher! Making a fake bomb threat for a day off. <clears throat> Man. Uh, speaking of bombs, it was a very real bomb in England. On Friday, evacu evacuation orders were issued after a World War II-era bomb was discovered in a riverbed in Great Yarmouth on the uh, eastern coast of the UK. A 550-pound explosive ordnance discovered as crews were working to decide... It was... Uh, there was dredging work going on, <laughs> and they came across, surprise, surprise, 
a 500-pound explosive. Now, how would you like to be working the dredger and come across that? <laughs> Just slowly back away. As crews were working to disarm the bomb, it unexpectedly exploded while they were trying to disarm it. Uh, fortunately, a protective sandbox built around the bomb prevented any injuries, but it did damage a river wall. Evacuation orders uh, have been lifted, but uh, wow. I mean, that's a big 550 pounds, man. Glad everybody's okay. Uh, a couple of other uh, items among the uh, odd and unusual uh, stories, the broken news this morning. A Colorado man is fighting with his homeowners association over their demand that he remove an unusual decoration from his lawn, a very unusual lawn ornament. Now, I would be the first. Generally, I side with homeowners in disputes with their HOAs because I think all too often HOAs go uh, overboard with their uh, crazy restrictions and rules and regulations and all of that. But in the case of Sean McGarry, I got a side with the HOA here. Uh, Mr. McGarry says he found a toilet sitting in his yard last October and uh, found out later that his neighbors had placed it there as a joke, but he decided to run with the idea. He's decorated it for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and was planning to do so for Valentine's Day. Now, how you decorate a commode for Valentine's Day, <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to know, but apparently he received notice this week that the HOA wants the toilet flushed for good for violating community standards. I, I'm thinking I got to side with the HOA on this. I mean, I'm all for personal expression, but if you've got a toilet in your front yard, that may be going a bit too far. I think I side with the HOA here. Uh, despite the order from the HOA, Mr. McGarry refuses to budge and has even set up a GoFundMe, uh, a GoFundMe campaign for donations to pay any fines that the Homeowners Association levies against him. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> I have time for a, a couple more here. New Jersey restaurant is stirring up quite the debate after management decided to ban any diners under the age of 10. Nettie's House of Spaghetti said that the new rule will kick in next month, explaining in a post on Instagram that it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children, citing noise levels, messes, and liability, some of the reasons for the ban. Parents' reaction has been mixed. Some appreciated the move, while others say the trouble might be Nettie's patrons and not necessarily the kids. I do, you know, I, I, can, I get it. I understand especially in a lot of high-class restaurants where you want to limit the clientele and minimize you know, have an adults-only dining experience, fine dining experience. But I'm guessing Nettie's House of Spaghetti. It just I'm not familiar with the establishment, but it just doesn't sound like the type of place where people would go expecting a highbrow experience. You know what I mean? I'm thinking that they should be okay with the kids. And that's just a guess. And finally, in the broken news this morning, 
this is from Mission Viejo, California, where an unidentified woman is in trouble with the law after smashing several parked cars last week. And yes, police, police believe it was intentional. Uh, the a woman was filmed driving her car into multiple parked vehicles, sparking panic and concern for witnesses. The woman who was driving a black SUV was filmed gunning her car's engine, driving straight toward numerous vehicles as people shouted at her. At one point in the rampage, uh, a man says, hey, that's my car, and tries to stop the woman by jumping in front of her vehicle. She floored it, forcing him to jump out of the way. Another woman was also filmed scrambling for safety. Video shows yet a third man running up to the woman's window trying to get her out of the car, but she slams the vehicle in reverse and tears out of the parking lot. She damaged at least at least five other vehicles. No injuries, thankfully, thankfully were reported. The woman was later apprehended after leading police on a chase. She faces several charges, including assault with a deadly weapon, in this case her car, as well as felony vandalism, the woman's name not given at this time, the Orange County Sheriff's Department is investigating. Wow. Somebody was pretty upset. What? <laughs> no idea what prompted this uh, outburst. That crazy? That is just all kinds of crazy. People in California, there you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. An update of the odd and unusual side of the news. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Findlay Rotary at FindlayRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. It's no question that the NFL still reigns supreme among sports fandom in this country. In a recent Ipsos poll, 44% of Americans said that they are NFL fans. 44% compared to 31% who say they are fans of Major League Baseball and 24% fans of the NBA. And of the 100 most watched television broadcasts of the past year, 82 of them have been football games. 82 of the top 100 most watched telecasts. And um all and that was just the past year. Of all time, 29 of the 30 most viewed programs in US history are Super Bowls. 29 out of 30, the only non-Super Bowl to make the top 30 is the finale of MASH. But other than that, it's all Super Bowls. And they don't call it the big name, the the big game for nothing. Uh, In your daily download this morning, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. uh, Going into Super Bowl 57, the National Retail Foundation's annual survey... Uh, predicted or projected that Americans would spend $16.5 billion on the Super Bowl. $16.5 billion. Uh, that is less than the record $17.2 billion spent uh, in January of 2020 before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. 
So we're not quite back to pre-COVID levels. However, it easily beats the $13.9 billion spent in 2021 and the $14.6 billion uh, from last year's game. So $16.5 billion to be spent uh, on the uh, Super Bowl. National Retail Foundation and Prosper Insights and Analytics surveyed more than 7,500 U.S. adults age 18 and over about the matchup ahead of the game and determined that 192.9 million people would be tuning in. Of those, 103.5 million were throwing or attending a Super Bowl party. Another 17.8 million planned to watch the game at a bar or restaurant. And on average, each individual would spend $85.36 in celebration. uh, $85.36 per person on the big game. And uh, breaking that down even further, 79% said that they were spending on food and beverages, far and away the top category, obviously. 12% said that they were buying team apparel or buying a Chiefs or Eagles jersey or you know something to wear to the Super Bowl party. I, I, I would be interested to know of that percentage how many are not necessarily fans of the game and actually buy a some a jersey or something uh, to pledge their allegiance to one team or the other for that game only. I wouldn't think it would be that many, but I don't know. I mean, there are some people who are just crazy about this. Uh, 10% of those in the survey said that they would be buying a new TV just for the Super Bowl or just in time for the Super Bowl. And um, that's long been the case. A lot of uh, big box stores will uh, discount TVs like Black Friday type deals on TVs ahead of the Super Bowl because people go out and they buy them just for the game or in time for the game. Uh, even more numbers here, Super Bowl 57, 42% of those in the survey said that the actual game was the most important part of the Super Bowl event. 19% said the commercials were the most important part and 18% say they were in it primarily or only for the halftime show. So we'll take a break and talking about the Super Bowl for a moment here because Valentine's Day this week is, of course, billed as the most romantic day of the year, right? But that can be a challenge for women in menopause. It can affect the desire for intimacy. It can lead to physical discomfort, among other things. And yet it is an inevitable part of life that approximately 1.3 million women reach each year. To your health this morning, we are joined by Jill Angelo, co-founder and CEO of Genev. Jill, why is this such a taboo topic? It's something, like we said, all women go through. It is a natural thing. What needs to change about the way society treats women in menopause? Yeah, you know, I think, first of all, we've got to start talking about it. When you talk about something, it normalizes it, and you feel less isolated going through it. And I think for women in particular... um, we all go through menopause. We're uncomfortable talking about it because it's associated with 
so many negatives like hot flashes and mood swings uh, when in fact it's, it actually represents the kickoff to the second half of life and a whole set of new independence and positives. So uh, number one, we've got to talk about it so women don't suffer in silence. And number two, I think we've got to flip it to be a positive and, and start um, really addressing this topic head on, just like we're doing today. So I, I'm so glad we're talking about this on air. So uh, your company, as I mentioned, Genev, uh, recently released a uh, report. It's an annual uh, menopause report. Uh, talk about uh, what it tells you about how women are experiencing menopause. Yeah, you know, Genev is an online clinic for women in menopause. So women come to Genev.com to book appointments with doctors and health coaches and get the kind of help that they need, whether it's diagnosis or prescription or lifestyle support. And so as part of improving our care model, we listen carefully to women and we conduct an annual survey. Last year, we surveyed um, 120,000 women. We heard from 120, I should say, thousand women. And um, we published what we learned in our Menopause Now report, which you can find at Genev.com. And I think that the most probably alarming stat that we saw out of that report was 70% of women have put off their preventative care, uh, things like their annual exam or their mammogram or their colonoscopy. And that's troublesome because I think years down the road, we're going to start to see things that were potentially missed. And so as women, we've got to get back to taking care of ourselves, especially in menopause. And so um, a silver lining, I would say, I talked about a, an alarming stat, a positive stat that came out of the report was that 49% of women are now turning to telehealth to connect with their healthcare provider, their doctor. And um, we've seen that, you know, even on Genev's platform, um, telehealth appointments are up 175%, um, which is great. So women are getting back to taking care of their health, which is positive, and we just need more of it. You know, both of those things can probably largely be uh, traced back to the pandemic. I mean, certainly telehealth uh, was around before the pandemic, but a lot of people discovered it uh, because of the pandemic. And certainly many women and men, for that matter, uh, have avoided uh, their regular health screenings and so on, uh, even before the pandemic. But the pandemic made it worse. With respect to the telehealth question, do you believe, and a lot of people do, that this is kind of the, the future, uh, especially as it relates to menopause care? Yeah, you know, I think I think telehealth and virtual care is here to stay. Uh, we just tipped, the, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg, I think, in terms of understanding how technology uh, can give us solutions from a health and wellness perspective where we can do more in our home. We don't have to sit in the doctor's office and wait. We don't have to go park and pay for parking or sit in a commute to get to the healthcare provider. Uh, we can track a lot at home. We can conduct a, an appointment with the doctor at home. Um, menopause in particular is great for telehealth because you don't need an in-person exam to diagnose it or to provide treatment, um, whether that's prescription care or lifestyle guidance. Um, it's all virtual. It all can be done virtually. And, and at Genev, our appointments are 30 minutes long. That's another benefit of telehealth. You can have an actual conversation between the patient and the doctor. Um, so we're using telemedicine in so many amazing new ways to 
learn about the patient, but then really to make that connection, that human connection that is so necessary. Well, you kind of uh, touched on what I wanted to ask next, which uh, is what can uh, an individual expect to experience uh, on your platform uh, with respect to telehealth? Again, specifically as it relates to uh, menopause, Uh, talk a little bit about that experience, what people can expect for those who haven't done this before. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, just come visit us at Genev.com. That's G-E-N-N-E-V.com. Uh, you can do that on your phone or your computer or tablet. And from there, there's kind of three core big things you can do once you visit. Uh, number one, there's a ton of free education. There's a supportive community where you can hear from other women and even talk to them. Uh, so it starts with educating and, and understanding what to expect. Uh, number two, you can book appointments um, with our physicians. So they're 30 minutes appointments, uh, they're video or phone or text, um, and there's a range of providers. There's gynecologists, there's health coaches who are also registered dietitians, and they're gonna provide holistic care to you and help determine both lifestyle behavior change as well as prescription support if that's necessary. And then we can call that into your pharmacy and, and make sure that you're cared for. Uh, and then third, women can also shop our online wellness products. Um, we've got kind of the de facto menopause supplement we've created. Uh, we've got hygiene products. Uh, they're all over-the-counter products, just like you would buy at the pharmacy or at the drugstore uh, to really experience symptom relief. But again, buy them online. You can get them at home um, all without leaving, which is which is really convenient, especially for busy women. Again, Jill Angelo is the co-founder and CEO of Genev, uh, incidentally, one of Inc. Magazine's Female Founders 100, so obviously a platform that is making waves in this space. And again, let's mention the website where folks can get more information. Uh, it is Genev.com. That's uh, G-E-N-N-E-V.com. Jill, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. So check us out online at goodmornings.net. It's our little corner of the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow on the program, research shows that more Americans are taking advantage of credit card rewards programs than ever before, with many users calling them the biggest factor in deciding which cards to carry. But could such perks be an endangered species? So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.